Welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today we are kicking off an inaugural episode of a new series we're doing called C2C, where our correspondents from the other conferences across eSports will give us all of the juicy details of everything you need to know about games happening in those leagues. As of now, we have an incredible correspondent from both CanWest and the AUS Conference, though we're still looking for someone from the RCQ. So if you know anyone who might be interested in this, or if you are listening to this and think you'd make a great match, please reach out to us. We would love to have you. But I will take up no more time and introduce you to our first correspondent. He's a former member of the Bishop's Gator and runs For Life Fitness out in Brockville, Ontario. He is Zach Benson, and he'll be our correspondent from the AUS. Here's everything Zach had to say about all the action in week one in the Atlantic Conference. Thanks, Zach. Welcome to C2C. I'm Zach Benson, the other Zach. I'll be giving you Atlantic University sports football updates all year. I want to thank the guys from At The 55 for having me. After week one of AUS football, we have St. FX defeating St. Mary's by a score of 25 to 12. And we have Bishops defeating Acadia by a score of 13 to 5, while Mount Allison had the first bye week. Now, we're going to start with St. Mary's and St. FX. Even though St. FX won by 13, I believe that there were more positives in this game for St. Mary's than they were for St. FX, being the team to beat and the Loney Bowl champion from last year. Now, the X-Men played a more consistent game, and I will give them that. They were the better team. They are the better team as of now during week one. But where I think St. Mary's surprised everyone is with a new offensive coordinator and a new head coach, regardless of how talented he is as a coach, there's a lot of adjustments for players, and I think they've done an amazing job so far week one. This St. Mary's football team did not look like they have in years past, and I am going to make a bold prediction. This is a preview of the Loney Bowl. You're going to see St. Mary's and St. Francis Xavier battling it out at the end of the year. Now I'm going to start with the game review. So for St. Francis Xavier, We've all heard his name, Silas Fagnon. He was just under 50%. He threw for 186 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He managed the game, and I, I really think that this guy is going to be the X factor if St. FX is not only going to repeat, if they're going to be effective when we get to, get to the playoffs and the crossover games. Another guy you really got to get familiar with if you already aren't is Malcolm Busey. Kid had 18 attempts for 120 yards. And the backup running back, Caleb Fogarty, had 11 attempts for 71 yards. Both are well over six yards of carry. And if they can keep this statistic, St. FX will not have a hard time repeating as champions. Now, the X-Men have a nice receiving duo in Zach Kareem and Devon Blackwood. That's all I'm going to say. It's very early. But watch Zach Kareem to lead the AUS in all-purpose yards. I see a little bit of Randy Roseway in this guy's step. Very explosive. Moving over to St. Mary, Mary's, Duncan Patterson, 20, 20 for 28, 200 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So um, he, Duncan Patterson outplayed Fagnan as a quarterback, and I think this is where St. Mary's has the biggest takeaway for them being positive comes from this. Their quarterback was calm and played well. Now, they had four athletes rush the ball, um, no, no one more than Tion Alexander Amore with 11 for 42 yards. 
Whereas, you know, receiving wise, it was a little bit more spread out. They had seven receivers catch the ball, but the name we're going to keep an eye on is Bryson Mayo. Seven catches for 36 yards. This guy does the dirty work, but he really pulls those defenders down so that they can get those bigger plays over the top. Again, big picture message here is St. Mary's looked good. Their offensive line is huge. They have length at receiver, and they have a quarterback who is capable. Their defense looked good. St. FX was just more consistent, and at the end of the day, I think they have that team belief that only comes from running a conference for a decade. Now we're going to switch gears here to our second game of the afternoon, where we saw the Bishop's Gators pick up their first win against the Acadia Axemen. So this is the first time, I believe, in three years that Bishops has, has started the season without a bye week. And I really think that this is a good job by the league because I don't think it was fair personally as a former Bishops Gator having to start that year on a bye week every single year. It makes training camp a little bit more daunting, a little longer, and it just it kind of fizzles out that excitement. Nonetheless, the Gators got off to a, a great start in beating an Acadia team that has a lot of work to do to turn this ship around. Bishops was the better team. Mason McGriskin has to be the stabilizer for Bishops. Since we lost Jordan Heather about a decade ago, we've had no consistency at the quarterback position for the Gators, and this is the main point of attack. If McGriskin can maintain the game he did, and all he gave us was 16 for 25, 150 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He managed the game. He didn't make mistakes. He let the game come to him, and he relied on his running game, and for a good reason. The Gators had two running backs go for 15 attempts, 141 yards, and 17 attempts for 124 yards, averaging over eight yards a carry between their, their starting backfield combination of David Shalot and Marco Briones. These guys are going to be the workhorses for Bishops. In terms of receivers, Bishops had nine receivers catch the ball, but I'm going to point out the third relieving receiver, Nicholas Pierre Massey. Nicholas Pierre Massey is an undersized receiver with a lot of upside and some explosive playmaking ability. And I think if Bishops is going to get over that hump and win their first Loney Bowl, this guy has to be a big factor every single game this year. Moving over to Acadia. Now, this offense has a lot to work on, but I will say their, off, their passing game was, was pretty good. They were just over 50%. They threw for 210 yards, but they threw one interception and no touchdowns. I really think this can be corrected, but I think where Acadia has to focus this week of practice is on their rushing game. They had 28 attempts across three running backs, and they weren't able to get over four yards of carry. So we're not gonna we're not gonna harp on these backs. We're gonna we're gonna assume they're gonna get into film. They're gonna work. They're gonna fix this. But if I had a second to talk with Jeff Cummins, I would I would literally just tell him, hey, it's gonna come. Everything looks good now. Get those O-linemen motivated, that's obviously his bread and butter, and get those running backs opportunities to make plays in the second level. As we switch gears to this week's games, there's two more games in the AUS, which you should get used to each week, as there's five teams, one team gets a bye, two games a week. We have Acadia traveling to St. Mary's. I'm going to take St. Mary's in this game. I think they have more to prove, I think they're hungrier, and I straight up think they're a better football team right now. Uh, Saturday, we also have Saturday at 3 o'clock in New Brunswick. We have Bishops traveling to Mount Allison uh, to Sackville, New Brunswick. So I'm going to take the Gators in that game. I think it'll be very competitive, but as this is Mount Allison's um, debut, I'm not sure if they played a full preseason game, but I, I'm going to take Bishops here. And then uh, for the scores, I'm going to say 
St. Mary's beats Acadia by 10, and I think Ma Bishops is going to beat Mount Allison by 3. Those are my predictions. Back to you, Zach. Once again, that was Zach Benson, former member of the Bishops Gators and owner of Four Life Fitness in Brockville, Ontario, with his thoughts in week one from the AUS and some of his thoughts going into week two in Atlantic football action. Before we move over to our Can West correspondent, I figured I would at least give you the rundown of the games from Quebec in week one, as well as setting up the games coming up this coming weekend. So in our first game out of Quebec, we had Montreal taking out Concordia on Concordia's home field to the score of Montreal 26, Concordia 18. Our other game was Laval opening up their season at home against Sherbrooke. Laval secured that victory handedly with a score of 27-3. Coming up in week two on Saturday, September the 3rd, Sherbrooke opens up their home schedule against Concordia at 1 o'clock. Then at 4, McGill starts their season off at home against the Laval Rouge or so once again if you or anyone you know would like to be our correspondent for the Quebec conference the RSEQ please give us a shout we would love to have you on the program moving over to Can West I'll introduce our next correspondent he was a former offensive lineman for the Queens Golden Gales and unfortunately like myself most linemen don't get remembered for their playing time but you no doubt have heard and watched them on crown countdown you Welcome to C2C, Gord Randall. Gord, take it away. Thanks, Zach. The Canada West Conference has undergone a changing of the guard in the last couple years, being completed last season when the Saskatchewan Huskies went all the way to the Vanier Cup, losing in the national final. The Huskies return a veteran squad this year, led by quarterback Mason Nyhus returning to lead the offense. The offense does lose Adam Mackert, the engine behind their offense, the running back for the last couple of years, but Nyhus going into his fifth year looks to be peaking as he took a big step forward last season. The runner-up in the conference last year was the Manitoba Bisons, who did it all without a veteran starting quarterback, Des Catelier. Got hurt in the season opener last season and returns with a healthy body and three years of starting experience under his belt, looking to lead his team back to the promised land again this season. The conference of quarterbacks continues as we transition out to the West Coast for a young and ascending UBC team who is headlined by the Texan at quarterback second-year starter Garrett Rooker. Rooker showed flashes of high-end talent last season as he grew into the role on the job, leading the UBC Thunderbirds to a strong second half and a close loss in the semifinals to Saskatchewan. As I said, they are a young team. They don't lose a lot of key players this year, and they appear to be another contender for the crown. Over in Calgary, the previous generation of conference champions and conference-dominating program, the Calgary Dinos, lost almost everyone on offense after last season. Every major player, from the offensive coordinator to the starting quarterback to their two top receivers, the Philpott Twins, all leave and have to be replaced. There are big questions on offense that were not answered. They look to be in store for about as rebuilding of a year as a program this perennially strong gets, and they could be as vulnerable as ever to potentially even miss the playoffs this season unless a few young new starters step in and fill in really quickly for them. Heading up the road to Edmonton, the Alberta Golden Bears are as talented as ever, but have as many questions as ever. Uh, for the last number of years, this program, which had gone through a really lean stretch in the early 2010s, has grown into a legitimate mid-level contender in this conference, but it is the time for them to take the next step, and if they do, they'll be led by Jonathan Rosary, who attended the East-West Bowl this past year and has been a standout athlete in this program since his freshman year three years ago. He 
he and the rest of the offense are going to need to put up points as the defense appears to be young. But Alberta has historically had strong units in both trenches, and they look for that to carry them again this season. Finally, over in Regina, the Rams looked good early last season before starting quarterback Josh Donnelly got hurt and had to miss the rest of the year. Donnelly was on pace to lead the conference in many offensive categories over the first couple of weeks, and he returns with the tandem of head him and head coach Mark McConkey, who is in his second year at Regina after the stepping down of previous head coach Stephen Bryce. McConkey was the offensive coordinator and a Rams quarterback even before that, and has a lot of experience not only in this program, but in developing and executing high-level offenses at the U Sports level. He goes into his second year, as I mentioned, and should grow continue to grow into his job as the head coach there. On defense, Ryder Varga returns after being drafted by the CFL's BC Lions to finish his last season. One of the best linebackers in the country will be looking to finish his career with a bang. As I mentioned, the conference, one of the storylines in the Canada West Conference is that this is a conference of really intriguing quarterbacks. I already, I've mentioned most of them already, but Saskatchewan brings back the veteran in Mason Nihus, who was excellent last season. Manitoba has a fifth year quarterback in Des Catelier. UBC's Garrett Rooker was accelerating quickly at the tail end of last year and looks poised to take another step in his second year starting this year. With Regina also returning Josh Donnelly, it looks like there will be a number of quarterbacks dotting the U Sports top 10 passing yardage ranking coming out of this conference this year. And that should make for a lot of fun, high scoring, back and forth affairs, as frankly in most seasons in the Canada West, it does. Sask looks like the favorites to repeat, but it could be anybody's ball game, especially after that, with any of these teams realistically being able to finish second or even potentially in last place. Back to you, Zach. Once again, that was Gord Randall with his breakdown of what to expect in the Can West Conference this coming week and a little bit big picture for the year as a whole. And so that will do it for us with our first week of C2C. We hope you enjoyed this breakdown of the other conferences. Thank you again to Zach Benson and to Gord Randall for their incredible analysis of their respective conferences. Once again, if you or anyone you know would be a fit to break down the RCQ and would want to be part of the show, please give us a shout on social media or wherever you can get in contact with us. That would be awesome. We'd love to have you on the show. Next time you'll be hearing from us on this platform is this coming Friday when myself and Tom Sterling break down week two in the OUA. So we'll talk to you then at the 55.